Hello, my friends, and to those of you who are joining me for the first time, welcome to Revive Your Soul with Mindy Joy. I'm so glad you're here. So today I'm going to talk about the beauty of repentance. And repentance to me is a very beautiful word. And I'll tell you why, because the way that I envision it and my experience with repentance is it's not just like, you know, like crying and snotting and like, I'm such a worm. I'm so terrible. Ugh. You know, it's, it's not, you know, just that, you know, sometimes the, the, um, godly sorrow, you know, draws us to repentance as it says in the Bible, but repentance is, it means like to return, to turn away. It's, it's God sending you on your way. Like when you come to him, like I've been in the wrong direction. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to got here. That he immediately cleanses you, forgives you through the blood of Christ and turns you on your way. And you're like, oh, there's something beautiful up ahead. He puts you on this beautiful road that is royal and majestic. And you see something, you see a light in the tunnel, like your, your road that you're now on. Like, it, it's just like, you know, you, do you ever get on the freeway on the wrong entrance? I have a number of times and you're like, oh no, you're going the wrong direction. And then you go the right direction and it's like, oh great. I just have 20 minutes to get home. It's been a long day. Um, but this is even greater than that. It's like when you're on this road, God shows you things that you, beyond what you thought was possible. So it doesn't make sense that in your you know, um, darkest moment could be a springboard to your brightest days. And, and we do see that in the Bible. We see, for example, Joseph, you know, after being in prison for at least two years, it looked very hopeless. Things had gotten like bad to worse. They got a little better when he was in Potiphar's house, but, um, you know, things were going okay. And then they got really bad. He winds up being um, a slave to a slave that has favor and is running um, a very um, well-to-do politician's household to just being deep down in a prison accused of raping his wife. So, um, and that is what I call a bad day. <laughs> but anyways, he's in this prison and there's no, the Bible doesn't give us any indication that he was getting given a sentence as to like, you're going to serve five years or 10 years. He didn't know, like, you know, and so um, one day he's called to, um, there's a lot more to the story, but one day he's, you know, they send for him to go to the king and interpret a dream because he has a reputation of being able to interpret dreams and his entire life changes. And from that moment on till the end of his life, he becomes the second most powerful man in the civilized world. And he winds up saving his entire family that would have died in famine and the lineage of Abraham would have not been preserved. I mean, he, he played a very pivotal role. So, you know, I want to focus on that day that, you know, that everything just changed like overnight. Like he went from being a prisoner to all of a sudden becoming royalty. So that's what, you know, when God, it, it might not seem that dramatic situationally, but I know that God shows me a new way to view a situation. God will show me a new way to um, frame like what's going on or a different point of view. It's like, oh, oh, I see that now. And it doesn't matter like how smart I think I get or how quote unquote good I am at something or an expert at something. It's always like when I humble myself before him 
and just every day keep myself teachable. I find a new way to do something, a new way to look at something. I am, and it always leads to more repentance. Like, I'm sorry, God, I saw this the wrong way. Or I thought this person was against me and I read them wrong. I, I, I've been too not trusting, you know, I didn't trust in you enough. And sometimes these things aren't, you know, glaring enough at us because we think we're doing the good Christian thing. It's like, come on, I'm helping the poor. I prayed this morning and I even did my physical exercises. So I'm really trying to be disciplined in spirit, soul, and body. And I ate a really healthy breakfast. And now I'm on my way to my job at my church. And, you know, like we could just, you know, get into this little like, Barbie doll Christian thing where, you know, we're so good and all we got to do is show up and keep doing the same old rituals. But I don't find that in God. I find that in God, he keeps um, renewing me. He keeps um, showing me new ways to think, new ways, you know, new facets of his word that I never saw before. And, and there's always like a whole lot of opportunities for me every day to repent from something and to think differently, to act differently, to even how I approach singing or speaking or being a wife or a mother, there's like a new greater facet. It, it's like this, it's almost like things, you know, remember we used to have like black and white TV and then they turned to color and then, you know, you had the big screen. It's almost like seeing colors that you've never seen before. Things just get brighter. You know, it's like when you've um, maybe need, you know, eyeglasses and you didn't realize you needed them. And then you got a pair. It's like, wow, everything looks um, clearer. You know, I can see clearly now The what is it? The, the 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 storm is gone or something. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. You know, it's like that. Like you start to see clearly, and your God sends you on a path, and it's a constant everyday thing that we become more transformed like Him. So, um, I'm just going to go straight into Psalm 50, and that's why I think repentance is beautiful because if we really, really repent with a godly sorrow, like, oh, I was wrong. I, you know, I was wrong in my thinking. I was wrong in my action. Um, you know, I misjudged. I was critical. Um, I was envious. You know, we don't want to say those things about ourselves. Nobody wants to think it's like, oh, jealousy, that's all horrible. Only other people do jealousy. But come on, if you have human flesh, you're tempted with that. You know, um, look at the devil. Like that was his thing. You know, he was in competition with God. Like how crazy is that? But he's the God of this world. And so, you know, that spirit is prevalent. It just is. You know, it's the Western way to be in competition so we can win. So, you know, and then we feel bad about the winner, you know, because we're not it and blah, 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 and all that kind of craziness. But in God, every single part, every single one of us is immensely needed and important. And God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that nobody is more important than another person nobody you it could be a very famous um tv evangelist which praise god for them but they're no um they are not more important than um the praises of a special needs child who doesn't even have language who just um you know i've seen this before who just you know bobs their head up and down every time they hear a praise song and lifts their hands like they're both just as important and they're both just as lovely if anything the bible says that we bestow more honor on the parts of the body that we think are less honorable so there so anyways um and um 
all um all underdogs you know say thank you you know those of us who want to think that we're underdogs so anyways um god himself is judge this is a psalm of asaph and i like reading that because we don't really know that much about asaph just a little bit and so this just reminds me that god uses people that aren't famous and here he is he's got a psalm psalm 50 and what a cool number it's the um you know it's the number of jubilee and so um, the mighty one, I'm just going to go through here and just um, just preach on um, Psalm 50 and just, you know, preach myself happy because I love this psalm. Um, the mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the setting. So just every morning is a miracle. Every morning, like, you know, we just take for granted. Like, we don't have to put, we have to put gas in our car. We have to, like, you know, keep painting our house every few years, or we have to keep thing ma- keep everything maintained because everything is perishing. But not one person on this earth ever had to put effort into. You know, we have to we have to work for the sun to come up. We have to work for night to turn into day and day to turn into night. It happens on the whole world. You know, and this is God's doing. And if you just look up at the sky, nobody knows where that ends. That's what it kind of blows my mind that people wouldn't believe in God because. Well, can you explain, like, who created this? You know, where does that go? And, of course, in the Bible, I won't get into it, but there's some, you know, it talks about the heavenlies, and um, that's for a deeper subject that is too knowledgeable for me to teach right now. But, anyways, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Out of Zion, I love that. That's just a beautiful-sounding word, Zion. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. You know, us women, you know, we're trying to be pretty, right? Like, we're all trying to, like, look prettier. And, you know, I, I like makeup and all that. I'm a girly girl. But he's the perfection of beauty. He is the perfection of beauty. And I like saying that to the Lord on a consistent basis when I praise him. I love learning like adjectives in the Psalms that it's like, yes, yes, he is the perfection of beauty. Nothing is more beautiful than God. He's the perfection. There's no flaws. He's the perfection of beauty. Nothing on earth is without flaws. That's beautiful. Because again, everything is perishing. Everything, you know, you could buy a nice, squeaky, clean, beautiful, gorgeous, you know, brand new Lexus, Bentley, you name it. But one day, let 50 years go by, that's going to be an old car. You know, everything's going to, even a house, a gorgeous house, one day is going to be an older house, you know. So, um, but out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Just that God shines forth. You know, he shines forth all the time. God, our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. He judges his people and he gives us criteria to live by. And, you know, he tells us what's right and wrong, what's going to make us successful, what's going to destroy us. It's all in the Bible. Like he warns us, like he, he warns us of danger. There's, you know, in many, many facets and ways. And it's, it's really not hard to understand once you become born again and that through the spirit of God, you are able to see, to perceive that word see means to perceive the kingdom of God, and that's in the book of John, the gospel of John. Um, we're able to perceive the word of God, and your eyes are open to start to understand the Bible. But you do that slowly. You do that with, you know, anointed teachers um, in the body of Christ and other fivefold ministry gifts. And so um, he calls so that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones 
who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So we know that the ultimate sacrifice was Jesus Christ. That's how we make the covenant with God because none of us all have fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody is without sin, um, Romans 3.23, but, um, but through the blood of Jesus supernaturally because God wanted to by his grace and mercy, not because we earned it or anything, but because um, he wanted it that way. He wanted us reconciled, rejoined back to him. He wanted, uh, he wanted his family back. He wanted his children back. And that's us. That's, you know, he created man is, in his image, but things got really messed up. You know, you could read the first um, three chapters of Genesis and see how things got messed up. But anyways, um, he says in verse 10, you know, in, in those days when this was written, they had animal sacrifice for the atonement of sin because Jesus had not yet been on the scene. But um, even even in that, when God's talking about the animal sacrifice that he instituted, he says, for every beast of the forest is mine. Like, what are you really giving God? I mean, when you praise God or sing songs to him, you're, you're doing that with the life he gave you. You're doing that with the air that he created. You're doing that with the vocal cords that he uniquely put in just you and you and you and you and you, who's ever out there listening to me. Because each one of us, just like our fingerprints, has a unique voice that will never be heard again when we leave this earth. Did you know that? That just like fingerprints, no voice pattern is the same. Nobody has an identical voice. Not even identical twins have identical voices. Like, I think that's a very fascinating, amazing thing about God. Just like all our DNA, um, there'll never be another you. They could try cloning, but it, it, it's not going to work. Um, so anyways, if I, and then verse 12, um, if I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world and its fullness are mine. Like God doesn't need us to feed him. You know, the earth belongs to him. He only instituted these, um, these, laws during the time of Moses because he loved, he was trying, not trying, but he was making a way for man to be as close to him as he could before Jesus came on the scene so they could learn of his ways and they can be forgiven. They would have a covering for their sin. They didn't have um, remission of sins, but they had a covering for their sin. And he said, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Um, and he said, uh, verse 15 first, I'm sorry, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So I just want to park there like how beautiful, how beautiful it is to be delivered. He says, call on me. He didn't say you have to be perfect. Um, you know, he, he didn't say, um, he just says, you know, the, the sacrifice of praise, you honor God for who he is. When, when you recognize that he's so loving, that he wants to cleanse and you want to be more like him and you need help and that you come to him, you know, he, he honors that and he, and, and he will, um, come when you call upon him, he's, he's always there, but he will be, he will be with you and deliver you. Um, and then you shall glorify him. And he says, and you shall glorify me. So this is not like a magic touch for just everybody in the world who just like, oh, I'm just going to call in the name of the Lord. I don't know who he is. I don't care who he is, but I'm going to do this magic trick. Um, Lord, you know, it doesn't work like that. You have to have faith in your heart. You have to try to know him. You have to want to know him. And you have to know that he's the only God. He's the highest God. Adonai, um, Yeshua, Mashiach, he is the Messiah. He is the, not one of. He is the Messiah. Um, let's see. I'm going to skip around here. Um, let's see. 
verse 23 of Psalm 50, it says, The one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. So God loves when we offer thanksgiving. And I've said this, these kind of examples many times, but it never grows old for me to hear me, myself say it because it blesses me, is that, you know, just saying thank you, God, like thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, praise your name, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, I can breathe today, thank you, Lord, you know, there's so many things to be thankful for, I'm free, I'm not in a prison, thank you, Jesus, I, I am not, I've never experienced homelessness, thank you, Jesus. I'm employed. Thank you, Jesus. I do have people in my life that love me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I don't have, you know, for today, I don't have, um, I don't have a disease. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and if you do have one of those things, you know, going on, you can name the other things. You could say, hey, I don't have a place to stay, but I can see the stars. I have eyes where I can feast on the stars. I can see the sun setting and I have hope. Thank you, Jesus. There's always something, you know, like I said, do in other videos and things, do a checklist. You know, um, do I have two feet? Check. Do I have two arms? Check. Am I in my right mind today? Check. Um, do I still have hair on my head? You know, thank God that you have a head full of hair. And if you don't have a head full of hair, thank God that you're just as cute as you can be without hair. You know, there's always something to thank God. Thank God for a sense of humor. You know, there, there's always something to thank God for. And so, um, so let's see. And then uh, Psalm 51 says, create in me, cre create in me a clean heart, O God. And this is to the choir master, a Psalm of David, when Nathan, the prophet, went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So David did a really bad thing, a really bad thing. Um, um, you can read it in the Bible about David, how he um, took another man's wife, had the man killed, who was a very honorable man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be too much to go into, but he did some really bad stuff. So it, it involved adultery, it involved murder, it, it involved lying, it involved being cold hearted, it involved, um, you know, seeing to the death of a very honorable man that was very instrumental in his army. So somebody who was extremely loyal to him, he cut off his life just because, because he wanted his wife. So craziness and he wanted to cover his sin. But this very person, David, um, who wrote, you know, a whole lot of the Psalms, um, this is his, so this is the con the context of what he's saying. It says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. So he knows, like he knows God can actually blot out his transgressions. Um, that doesn't mean you, you know, you don't get away with the residue of what happened, but he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And that's something that we should always have that, you know, even though we know that by, you know, Jesus took our sins, we need to just be so grateful that he forgave us and repent. Like, look at the direction God wants us to go. And we also need to understand that we've been reconciled to God so we can be godly and live holy lives. And that the Holy Spirit is always there to help us. Always there. I think it's, oh, man what John 14, um, 26, I want to say, um, my Bible memory partner is going to be like, you haven't been practicing and she's right. But anyways, um, so, but, um, it says that the Holy spirit, the comforter in the amplified, it says counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, stand by strengthener. Like he's always there, like standing by always there. Okay. You need help. You need help daughter. You know, 
I'll strengthen you right now to, you know, get through this. I'll strengthen you right now to hold your head up high through the shame. I will strengthen you. I will show you things to come. I will comfort you in this situation. I will help you. I will intercede for you. I will be your advocate. So, um, you know, to get through this. So anyways, um, he says, against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Um, so he's saying, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. Yes, we all were. We were born into sin. Everybody. Um, behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, the inward being, my friends, the inward being. He delights in truth. You know, only God sees our heart. Um, people might still be mad at us by something we did, but God sees our repentive heart. And so we need not ever get in condemnation. We know that when we ask for forgiveness, God forgives us. People may not, but you know, God did. Um, and if we're Christians, we need to forgive other people. Okay. Let me just say that you should never not forgive somebody who asks for forgiveness. They don't have to be your best friend anymore, but you do have to be cordial and loving to them from a distance. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say there. Um, but I love this. Um, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. Did you hear before what I said, the things that David did? And he says, wash me and I will be whiter than snow. So God, only God can clean like that. Only God. Um, create, create in me a clean heart, oh God. And that's what happens when we become born again. God changes our stony hearts to be like flesh. And in our soul, we keep working on the stony, cold parts of our soul that are just cold towards others, unforgiving, um, you know, stubborn, um, thinking a certain way. It could be about ourselves, you know, self-abusive towards ourselves. He's just constantly, if you stay in the spirit, he'll be constantly, constantly be healing you emotionally, soulishly, um, having you see yourself as he sees you. And when you start to see yourself as God sees you, you are overjoyed with the power of God in you to help other people and be a blessing. That's the bottom line. You stop thinking about yourself. I mean, you just like leave your, you know, prayer closet or what have you know, that's what they, I don't, I don't go into a closet literally, but you leave your place of, play, place of prayer and you set forth like you're shut out of a cannon. Like, who can I help today? Who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I give to today? And only God can do that with the human. All human flesh is selfish, but only God can do that. And, and life becomes so much fun. It becomes a journey. It becomes an adventure in the Holy Spirit. And there's no longer, you know, the, the lonely, you know, the lonely moments, the lonely nights, the remorseful times, they get less and less and less when you're in the spirit. Um, and this is David, like, you know, probably nobody that's listening to this has done this kind of sin, but this is David talking about God gives you a clean heart. Um, he says, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit within me, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Well, Jesus said, this is before Jesus, but Jesus said that he will, anyone who comes to him, he will never, ever cast anybody out. Anybody, 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 anybody. So, um, let's see, I'm about to end this pretty soon, um, and close up here, but the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. So um, the sacrifice of God, it's like come to him who we are. Just say, I blew it. I know one of my favorite ministers, he says, turn yourself into God. Just turn yourself in. You know, he, he's very merciful. And the sentence, you know, will not be harsh. Turn yourself in. Um, 
He says, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. So, you know, a broken spirit, you know, contrite, it doesn't mean like just depressed, just self-pity. Again, that's like selfish, but just, I don't want to be like this God. I want to be more like you and I'm not, I need help. But I'm not doing so good. I'm not doing so good. Am I, this is like the umpteenth time I failed at this, or I've been in this place of self-pity or whatever, you know, you say to him from your heart and he will, um, you know, please change me. And he will honor that prayer. And and it might not happen like, ta-da, because we have a part to play of being willing, of being open. He'll send humans to us to help us. And some of the humans he sends to help us, we have to be humble enough and say, I need your help. You know, you're really good at this. Can you, you know, to just be honest, can you show me how you did that? It could be a techie thing. It could be their godly character. You know, how did you forgive that person if you're struggling with that? And just listening, do, doing more listening than talking. So anyways, I want to stop right here and just pray to everybody. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up every single person that's in any bondage today whatsoever. If this is day one from alcohol, from, um, you know, binge eating, from um, drugs, from um, from crack cocaine, if this is day one from turning away from adultery, um, fornication, if this is day one from um, any kind of crime, if this is um, day one of just being mean to people, whatever it is, and you're turning away and going, I want to change. I thank you, Father, that you hear all my brothers and sisters. You hear our prayers. You hear our repentant hearts. And you are so delighted when we come to you like that. This is a sacrifice of praise. This is this is our worship to you, that we are open to you. I'm lifting my hands right now. Change me, Father, to be more like Jesus. I'm open. You know, like a song I heard a long time ago, like shake me, make me, bend me, form me into who you want me to be, and let me finish my assignment in a long, satisfied, good health. Like, keep me here, Father. Elongate my days so I can finish what you created me to do. Only me and only every single person that's got their own unique assignment that's different to anybody whoever was and whoever will be on, on this earth um, in the body of Christ. So I thank you for that, Father. I thank you that anybody that does not know you, that they will come to you and they will not be afraid, whatever their cultural, religious background is, and they will know that um, if they just come to you and just say, you know, the, repent of their sins and and say that they recognize that Jesus um, is God's son, that he died for them, that he was raised from the dead for them, for the forgiveness of their sins, and that they would ask him to be their Lord and Savior from this day forth, that you hear them, Father. So I thank you, Father, for just teaching us the beauty of repentance, that it's a beautiful thing, because we can be keep being transformed into your image, and that life gets only more beautiful, more glorious, in spite of the situations, in spite of whatever's going on, out, you know, and and it's for everybody. And, you know, we don't need two hands and two arms to totally be joyful and to serve you. We don't need a big bank account to totally be joyful and serve you, although you are... Um, you can help us in all those situations to prosper in every situation. And you are the healer and provider. So I just give you all the glory. Please bless every single person listening today, which is the tangible, beautiful blessing today, a double portion. In Jesus' name, amen.